Jesus said the worries of this life can choke out the work of his word in your life. Which of this life's worries threaten to have that effect on you today? Welcome to the Food for Your Soul podcast, where we apply the Word of God to the hearts of men and women to stoke the fires of your delight in Christ. Here's your host, Dr. D. Richard Ferguson. What about Timothy? Is he Mary or is he Martha? Is he just another Martha? He's just he got all this anxiety about ministry. And so is it the bad kind or the good kind? Well, let's look at our two tests. First of all, was it something that he had no control over and no responsibility? Uh, was that where his anxiety was? No, no. Um, in fact, let me show you something in verse 20 that's interesting. The verb in verse 20 is actually in the future tense. Not sure why they put it in the present tense in the translations, but it's it's clearly in the future tense. So verse 20, I have no one else like him who will have anxiety for your interests. He doesn't even have the anxiety yet. My guess is the reason he doesn't have it yet is because Timothy's currently ministering in Rome. So he's probably his heart is probably full of concern right now for the Romans. That's where he's working. That's where. He, but Paul just knows Timothy. He knows Timothy's heart well enough to know that Timothy. I'm going to send Timothy there, and I'll just tell you right now. As soon as he gets there, his heart is going to be all torn up and worked up out of concern for you guys. When he gets there, that's going to happen in the future. So Timothy's not stressing over things outside of his area of responsibility. So he passes the first test. What about the second one? Eternal versus temporal. Is he worried about earthly stuff or is he worried about eternal stuff? Was was Timothy stressed out because of people showing up late for their job or or somebody interrupting dinner or or, or misprint in the bulletin or you know, something? Or was his focus on Christ? Which was it? Is he Mary or is he Martha? Let's look what it says. He says, I have no one else like him, verse 20, who have a genuine genuine anxiety for what? For your interests. You see that? For everyone else looks out for his own interests, not the interests of, and then look, Jesus Christ. Now, do you see what Paul's doing there? He's saying serving the interests of the Philippians. First, it's like uh, he's concerned about your interest and and no one else is like that. No one else is concerned about Christ's interests. So he just just interchanges their interests and Christ's interests. Timothy was focused on the... He was worked up about the Philippians' interests because he was worked up about Christ's interests. He knew they were the same. They were one and the same. Serving Christ meant serving them. Why? Because Christ's interests are their interests. Christ's interest was for the church to flourish. There was one reason and one reason only why Timothy had anxiety over the spiritual progress of the Philippians. And that was he cared about Christ. He cared about the interests of Christ. 
The reason he was excited about this ministry was not because he loved traveling. Uh, it, it wasn't because Philippi happened to be his favorite city. It wasn't because they just did something for him. It wasn't because he just he just liked people in general or he liked ministry in general and enjoyed, enjoyed that sort of thing. He was he was going to be consumed with their interests when he got there because he loved the Lord Jesus Christ and he knew that Jesus Christ loved the Philippians. It was all for fellowship with Christ. Timothy was not like Martha. He was like Mary. And it's so important for us to see because some of you might have walked out of last Sunday's sermon with a lot of Martha-like feelings, right? It's like, man, oh, I feel guilty now. I got to get busy. I got to scramble and just get going in ministry and start working hard and but uh, but then you think, man, but I'm so busy already and I don't think I'm going to like it. And I remember times in the past when I tried to serve and it was a big headache. And uh, I don't know what I contribute is even worthwhile anyway. What can I do? I'm nobody. And the, what if the people I have to work with don't I don't like them? And, you know, what if I fail? And uh, I just need to force myself to do it anyway because it's the right thing to do. And that whole line of thinking just totally misses the point. That's just all Martha. The purpose of ministry is to draw near to Christ, to express your love to Christ by serving the people He loves. That's, that's what ministry is. That's what it's all about. You're not fit for ministry just because you're excited about the work. You're fit for ministry when you have a passion for people's spiritual needs because of your passion for Christ. Christ cares a lot about the spiritual well-being of His people. And you want to be close to His heart, and so you care. So we don't, we don't serve out of guilt. We don't serve out of, uh, you know, I'm trying to pay Jesus back for the cross, or something like that. We don't, we don't serve in ministry because we think God is mad at us, and if I just serve Him enough, then maybe He'll, he'll love, finally love me. He already loves you. The, the reason we serve in ministry... It's because Jesus Christ is doing something great in His church and we want to join at His side in, next to His heart in what He cares about and what He's doing. And so, so that motivates us. And so when somebody just says, well, you know, I'm sitting out of ministry right now because I don't, I don't really feel very close to God, so I'm not really fit for ministry. And they're waiting until they feel close to God before they start serving. That's like saying, um, I'm not going to spend time with my wife because I don't feel close to her. When I feel close, then I'll talk to her. Uh, it doesn't work that way. That's backwards. James 4.8 says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. You're not going to get closer to God by disobeying him. But it's very possible that if you serve with an attitude, if you're dry, just real dry, you're not close to God right now, but you start serving with an attitude that says, God, please accept this gesture of my love I'm offering you as worship. And you do that with, with that attitude, that could draw you close to Him and He will draw near to you. So often we distance ourselves from Christ because we don't understand that the primary way to express our love to Christ is to love His people. Jesus says, I mean, Scripture says that over and over. And we need to understand it because people, you know, we, we want to divide it up, right? We want to think, I, I don't have any problem serving Christ. You know, I love Christ. Jesus, He's great. Uh, I, 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 I'm just, I just don't know about serving people. You know? I mean, I love God. Jesus is awesome. I, I'm all about that. But the people in the church, 
They're just, I mean, they're like insensitive and proud and selfish and rude and untrustworthy and they gossip and they stab you in the back. And I, I just can't work with those people. I'm happy to serve Jesus' interests, but not the people's interests. And the people like that fail to see that Jesus' interests are that we serve the interests of his people that he loves. And Timothy was the only one who got that. And so he's the only one Paul could send. See, the reason this is the chief qualification is because no matter how much skill, how much training you have in ministry, if you don't care enough about people's growth, um, then you're not going to have the motivation to, over, to, to, to power past the, the obstacles that come up in ministry. You'll run into obstacles and they'll stop you if, you don't, if you're not motivated by this, by caring about outcome you'll be what will happen is you'll become like a college professor typical college professor in a university who uh just doesn't care how well you do in his class that's the culture shock you know when you go from being a kid where they're like your teacher's like oh you missed a day here let me help you and then you go to college and <laughs> you miss a, 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 a day of class in college don't expect your professor to call you up and just say oh you know let me help you find tell you what tell you what you missed it's, it's not going to happen he hands you a syllabus on day one that's your last warning <laughs> of all your assignments <laughs> for the semester And we can get like that in ministry. It's like I'm getting, I'm, I'm, do, I'm doing my thing. I'm doing my thing, and you, you can all sink or swim. And that's not, that is not the attitude that will give you the motivation that it takes to be successful in ministry. Just look at Paul in First Corinthians nine. It's like, though I'm free and I belong to no man, I'm a free man. I make myself a slave to everyone to win as many as possible. He's like, I'll do anything. I'll do whatever it takes. To the Jews, I become like a Jew to win the Jews. To those under the law, I become like one under the law to win those under the law. To those not having law, I become like one not having the law. To the weak, I become weak. To win the weak, I have become all things to all men so that by all possible means, I might save some. I'll do anything. You know, when I first started ministry, I, I did it. I preached because I loved to preach. And very quickly, I realized uh, that's not ministry. That's just talking. Ministry is when I get up and preach and I see that people aren't getting it and I cannot rest until I figure out a way for them to get it. And, and if they're not getting it because of the way I'm saying it, I've got to find a way to say it differently. And if they're not getting it because of a problem in our relationship, I've got to do something about our relationship. And if they're not getting it because of a distraction in the environment, I've got to do something about that distraction. I've got, if they're not getting it because of, of hardness in their heart, I've got to get down on my knees and beg God to soften their heart so they'll get it. Ministry is not like a professor delivering a lecture to get a paycheck. It's like a parent who's got a child who's dying and they will not stop until they figure something out. Those are the people that God uses to do great things. People not who have extraordinary intellect or all that. He he uses people who have anxiety over spiritual, eternal things. Anxiety that drives them. They become passionate for Christ and therefore passionate to do whatever it takes to get the lost saved and to get the saved healthy. And all of us who are believers are like that to some degree. You know, the problem is that it just gets choked out. We have this concern. We, we do care about Christ. But our eternal anxieties that we all have as Christians just get choked out by our temporal anxieties, right? Isn't that how it works? 
That's the imagery that Jesus gave us in the parable of the soils. And I'll show you Mark again. Still others, like seeds sown among thorns, hear the word, but the anxieties of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth and desire for other things come in and they choke the word, making it unfruitful. The anxieties of this life choke out the good anxiety, anxiety for eternal things, temporal things, like dishwashers and report cards and cell phones become bigger in your heart than things like Humility and patience and holiness and the knowledge of God. They just, they just become bigger and choke out what's really important. So now I'm not lying awake at night crying out to God for the unity of the church here at Agape because I'm thinking about my mortgage. I'm not worked up about how to help a brother overcome discouragement because I'm, I'm, I'm wondering if LeBron James is going to be able to outplay Steph Curry in the finals. I struck a chord somewhere there. I don't know what that was. Anyway, maybe I haven't really thought about how to increase our culture of encouragement here at Agape because... Garbage disposal is leaking into the basement, and I get, it's, got, it's, got, got, it's got my attention. That's my anxiety. And you find yourself putting more thought into how to advance to the next level of your video game than you do how to advance the kingdom of God. We know that there were believers in Rome, right? At the end of the book, all the saints were with me. Send you greetings. He calls them saints. And so... We shouldn't take this to mean that that everyone in Rome looked only to their own interests and not one bit to the interests of Christ. They didn't care about Christ. If that were the case, there would be no Christians in Rome. And that, we know that's not the case. By definition, a Christian is concerned more about Christ than about self. Um, that's just by definition. So these there were believers in Rome. They were Christians. They were concerned primarily about the affairs of Christ and not their own. But in this particular case... Their concern for their own affairs interfered with their concern for Christ. See that? And that's what happens. That's why we need constant tending of the garden of our hearts. When, when Paul brought up the idea of going to Philippi, uh, will you go, oh man, it's, it's just a bad time for me career-wise, man. I, I can't do it. I got, how about you? Can't afford it. I'm, I'm in debt. I gotta get out of debt. I'm working at the, you know, you? I'm not up to that kind of journey, man. My knees are just... Boy, I can't really... Don't look at me. I'm working on my education. i got to finish my degree. i got one year left. Sorry, Paul. My kids are doing so good here. I mean, they're just really clicking. and they, they love their school. I can't uproot them. Timothy, when do I leave? And what do you want me to do? And what time do you want me back? And when Timothy responded that way, it must have just struck Paul. Man, that is the attitude that these Philippians just need to see in action. That'll solve all their problems. You just learn that kind of selfless humility. Think of the typical excuses we come up with for why we don't serve. I don't have time. I'm not really gifted, you know, I'm not very good at anything. I don't have anything to offer. Or I, just, I need to focus on my family, not the church. I tried serving before. It didn't work out well at all. 
I'm afraid to sign up for ministry because I just don't know what's going to happen in the near future. I'm, I'm waiting to see how things fall, shake out because I, all my life is just kind of uncertain right now. The future's uncertain right now. Like other times, the future is certain. <laughs> I'm just not ready. I don't think the timing is right. All these excuses. I could go through and just try to re- debunk each one of those. I'm not, I don't think it would do any good because, let's face it, the reason why we come up with excuses is because we just don't want to do it. And so you debunk, debunk some excuses and other excuses will just come up in their place. But there's one thing that will just erase all our excuses, and that is passion for the interests of Christ. It's when we say, I love Jesus. And he said the number one way to express love to him is to express love to his people. And these people, they need grace. And grace comes through spiritual gifts. And the Bible says, I have a spiritual gift. And the number one vehicle for, do, for, for help, uh, accomplishing Jesus' work is the body of Christ ministry in the church. So sign me up. I'll do, I, I gotta find a way to deal with my debt and my dishwasher and, my, and this stuff. But I got to find a way to serve the body. And you might think, but Daryl, you know, I do, I care. I, I do have anxiety for people's spiritual needs. I, I do care. I mean, I've got a loved one who's lost. My heart breaks. I want his salvation. I, I know somebody who's enslaved to some sin. Oh, my heart breaks. I want to see them free from that. I care. I care a lot. The problem is, it's just, it's just out of my control. If anxiety is for the purpose of getting me to take action in areas that are within my realm of responsibility and control, then I, I, what good is this anxiety I have for these people? I can't do anything for them. Maybe you can't by yourself. But the church can. The church is the household of the living God. It's the body of Christ. It's how Christ does His work. The healthier the church gets, the, the more Jesus Christ pours out grace in this world. And so there's... There's never a spiritual problem that we say, well, I don't I shouldn't worry about that because I can't do anything about it. We can always do something about it by playing our role in the church, which is the body of Christ. And there is no limit to the marvelous things Jesus Christ is both able and willing to do through his body. Which earthly anxieties most threaten to distract you from spiritual ones? The cares of this life have to be dealt with. You need to pay your bills. You need to keep your house clean, do your car maintenance, figure out things at work. All that requires a great deal of time and attention. But it's a constant balancing act, trying to keep it from taking up any more time and attention than it has to. If we let it take its natural course, we will end up giving it more time and attention than is necessary, and we will neglect spiritual things. Make a conscious effort today to rein in your earthly concerns and to increase your spiritual concerns. Father, help us believe all this. We know these things are true, but some of them are just tough for us, especially when, the, when you talk about how valuable the grace is that flows through our spiritual gift, and we just look at ourselves and think we're just very underwhelmed at how impressive our spiritual gift seems to be. And so we just hide it under a bowl. We, don't, we, just, don't, we just lock it up. We sit on the bench. We don't do anything with it because we don't believe. Lord, fill us up with anxiety, eternal anxieties, and then give us the faith to believe that something can be done about those anxieties 
by the grace that flows through our spiritual gift when we serve in your body. Thank you for listening. If you found today's episode edifying, why not share it with a friend? This season of the Food for Your Soul podcast features excerpts from our sermon series on the book of Philippians, 50 expository sermons covering every verse. You can find those and hundreds of other sermons for free download on drichardferguson.com. Until next time, rejoice in the Lord always and set your mind on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God.